Well, if you're visiting with us this morning, let me just share with you that we have been in a, a series called Follow Me, where we have been walking through the book of Matthew. And this morning, we're actually going to conclude a section of our Matthew study called the Sermon on the Mount. So this morning we'll conclude that, and the next week we're going to begin a new um, series through the book of Mir- um, Matthew called Miracles and Parables. And so I'm looking forward to us diving in as we walk through um, many of the chapters of Matthew that deal specifically with Jesus' miracles and the par- parables that he talked about. If you have your Bibles, turn with me this morning to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, we're going to be looking at verses 24 through 29. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 29. This is what God's word says. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he, uh, he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. How many of you have ever experienced life's storms? Like you may have survived a tornado. You may have survived a hurricane. You may have survived a, a um, flooding event, or if you live in north central Texas long enough, you will get affected by the hell storms. Okay? Some of you were affected um, over the weekend. A couple of weeks ago, some of you were affected. And if you live in the Wiley Sachs area, last year you were greatly affected by those storms. There's one man in this room that really appreciates um, those storms. He's an insurance adjuster, and so I'm not going to call his name out right now, but, but um, he's kind of like a hospital. In order to stay in business, he needs patients. He needs claims to, to file. But all of us in this room have experienced life storms. It may be a physical storm or it may be a spiritual storm, but here's one thing that all of us can be guaranteed of. Okay, this is our message point this morning. It is this. Storms will come. The storms of life will come and they will affect every single one of us in this room. If we live long enough, we will experience both physical storms and spiritual storms in our life. One of my favorite stories growing up was a story of the three little pigs. Some of you are, are very familiar with this, and it's also one of your favorites. Um, this doesn't deal with foundations per se, but this is a story that deals with structures. And so the story is applicable this morning for us. You know the story, but... Um, Three little piglets can no longer be supported by their mother. And so the mother pig sends these three piglets out into the real world so that they can um, earn a fortune of their own. And so these three little piglets are not dumb pigs. They're smart pigs. The first thing that they do is they head toward the brickyard because they know that they need to get solid material to build them a sturdy home. 
And so these three little piglets, they begin marching toward the brickyard. And as they're marching, they come across a man who is selling some straw. And one of the piglets, being a little bit on the lazy side, decides that he is going to purchase this straw and he's going to build his house out of straw. And so he does that very thing. And the other two piglets march out again and they head toward the brickyard. And as they're marching, they come across a gentleman that is selling sticks. And so one of the piglets realizes that sticks are more sturdy than straw. And so he, being a little lazy, also decides that he's going to purchase the sticks and he's going to build him a house out of sticks. And he does that very thing. The third little piglet, though, he walks toward, continues that march toward the brickyard. And he purchases his bricks and he builds him a solid structure. He takes his time to build it to make sure that it is going to be able to weather the storms that are going to come his way. And you know the rest of the story. The the story um, goes, goes like this. The wolf shows up at each one of these homes and he says, little pig, little pig, let me come in. And each one of the piglets say, no, no, not by the hair of my chinny, chin, chin. And the wolf says to the first little piglet, he says, well, then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. And that's exactly what he did to the home built with straw. And then he heads on over to the other house of the home that's built with sticks. And he says, little pig, little pig, let me come in. And the little piglet says, no, no, not by the hair of my chinny, chin, chin, the, the wolf huff and he puffs and he blows that structure down. And then he goes to the home of the, of the pig that built his home out of a, a sturdy material bricks. And he says, little pig, little pig, let me come in. And the little, little pig says, not by the hair of my chinny, chin, chin. And the wolf says, well, then I'll huff and I will puff and I'll blow your house down. And so he huffs and he puffs and he huffs and he puffs and he huffs and he puffs and he's unable to blow that house down. What was the difference between those three piglets? It was the structure, wasn't it? You and I have a choice in life. We can build our lives on the rock of Jesus Christ, a sturdy foundation, or we can build our lives on the shifting sands of this world. Each one of us have a decision that we are to make. And so this morning, as we walk through this sermon together, my prayer is that you will ask yourself, what kind of foundation is my life going to be built on? As we've walked through this Sermon on the Mount, um, we have, we have looked at many, um, amazing stories that Jesus taught his disciples. And if you remember just a couple of weeks ago, um, I guess it's been three weeks ago now, we began to bring this sermon to a conclusion. And Jesus began to call his disciples and the greater crowd to a decision, to the point of making a decision. And if you recall, um, in Matthew chapter 12, verses twenty. 12, Matthew chapter 7, verses 12 through 23, um, we looked at three different things. There were two different gates, and one of those um, was narrow, and that, as you know, is the difficult path that, that Jesus calls us to. And not everybody is going to take the narrow way, are they? 
They are, they are not going to take even though they know that that way leads to eternal life. And then Jesus also talked about a wide way. And he said that many more people are going to take this road. And where does that road lead? It leads to destruction. It leads to hell. And so we looked at the two different gates, and then we looked at the two different teachers. There were the true teachers, and then there were the false teachers that Jesus spoke of. And then as he kind of wrapped up these verses a couple of weeks ago, um, he talked about two types of claims, those that claim to truly know Jesus Christ and those that falsely claimed belief in Jesus Christ. And what did Jesus Christ say to those? In Matthew chapter 7, verse 23, Jesus said this, and then I will say, then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Now this morning, Jesus is sharing a parable with us. And he's going to be talking about two different foundations. So once again, as we conclude this sermon this morning, ask yourself, what kind of foundation is my life built upon? Notice point number one. It is this. Jesus calls his disciples to a decision. Jesus calls his disciples to a decision. We read in verse 24, everyone then who hears these words. Some of your translations say, therefore, everyone who hears these words. And so what Jesus is doing now is he is wrapping up the Sermon on the Mount. And as we have walked through this sermon together, I just want to share with you and remind you of a couple of things that we looked at. The first thing that we looked at in Matthew chapter 5, we looked at the Beatitudes. And if you remember the Beatitudes, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the persecuted. Blessed, when translated from the Greek, means happy. When translated from the Latin, it means blessing or approval upon. And so what Jesus was telling his disciples as he walked through the Beatitudes with them is he was telling them that this is the kind of life that God the Father approves of. As we've walked through the Sermon on the Mount, what the Lord Jesus Christ has been telling us and instructing us on is if you follow these principles. This is the kind of life that I approve of. And then we transitioned and we talked about how Jesus called us to be the salt and light of the world. And then we looked at how the Pharisees had twisted the law to say what they wanted the law to say. And Jesus began teaching us over several weeks. He, Jesus said that you have heard that it was said. And then he goes on and says, but I say to you, and then we transitioned and we talked about how God, the Father, has called us to a life of generosity. We are to be generous with our time, with our talents, and with our treasures. And then Jesus taught us the proper way to fast, the proper way to, um, to give, and the proper way to pray. And throughout this verse... In this chapter, we've looked at how Jesus has called each and every one of us. He called his disciples and he called the greater crowd to a life of perfection and to a life of holiness. That is what the Lord Jesus Christ wants us in this room to experience, a life of holiness. And he wants us to live to the very best of our ability, a perfect life. You know, this, this chapter, these three chapters have taken us months to go through hasn't it? 
You know, Jesus taught this in one setting. It probably took him anywhere between 30 and 45 minutes to, to preach this sermon to his disciples and to his crowd. You know, you and I are getting little nuggets of truth every week that we come together. But these disciples, man, they kind of got the fire hose experience, didn't they? Have you ever sat under somebody's teaching and, man, when you walked away, you were this just absolutely numb because you were, you were introduced to so much truth? That's what the disciples experienced. And whenever they walked away, Scripture tells us in in Matthew chapter 7, verses 28 through 29, we read this. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. The disciples and the greater crowd, they were blown away at the teaching of Jesus. Folks, you and I should be blown away every time that we open up God's holy word and read it and study it. As I've shared before, God's word is more than just ink on a page. It is the very breath of God on a page. That is what we have right here. We are not looking at just a bunch of ink. We are looking at the very breath of God that is being breathed out on us every time we read it. You know, we read in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. This is what God's word is. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That man, that the man of God may be complete equipped for every good work. In Hebrews 4.12, we read, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This word is alive. God's word is life-giving. It is profitable. It is useful. It is beneficial for equipping each and every one of us in this room. This word will change our lives and it has the power to change the lives of every single person that's outside the doors of this church. That is how powerful God's word is. I was talking to Jim Clements right before church and he came up to me and he said, do you realize that only 24% of Christians believe in the entirety of God's word? 24% of evangelical Christians only believe that 24% of this right here is true. I want you to know right now, it's not 24%, it's 100%. Every aspect of God's word is the absolute truth. And it has the power to change our lives and change the lives of those outside the doors of this church. Know that. God's word is beneficial. It is useful. It is not to be just a book that we put up on our shelves and we pull out on Sunday morning and we bring to church with us. It is powerful. Okay. So point number one is kind of a wrap up of what we've looked at since we have began the Sermon on the Mount. Now let's get into this parable that Jesus taught. The first, um, second point but the first parable um, point is the wise builder. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, we read this. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. I will be the first one to tell you that I am not a builder. Not at all. 
okay? I am your Home Depot Lowe's guy. If you need something, give me your list, and I will go purchase anything and everything on that list. Just do not put a paintbrush in my hand or a hammer in my hand because I promise you I will destroy whatever it is that you're working on, okay? Just a heads up. So whenever you're doing your construction projects at your house, do not call me, okay? I am not your guy, okay? Um, But if you need me to run some errands for you, I'm your guy. I'll never forget several years ago, I was leading a team on a mission trip to Israel. And it was our first trip there. And I brought the team together and we began to talk about all the different projects that we were going to be doing. And I shared with them that we were going to be working at a hospital in Nazareth. And we're going to be doing some light construction work. We're going to be doing some painting and we're going to be doing some cleaning. And I told them, I gave them several different jobs and we needed leaders for each one of those jobs. And I asked them to pray about that and to get back with me and let me know what projects they wanted to do. And so several days later, I got a phone call from one of the um, team members by the name of Jerry. And on the other end, he said, he said, Chad, man, I've been praying about what you asked of us. And he said, I wanted to, I want to be in charge of all of the DIY projects. And to which I, I said, man, that is awesome. I appreciate you doing that. And then I paused for a second and I said, Jerry, what in the world is a DIY project? Um, so that gives you a little bit of an idea of how much construction work I've done in my life. Now, I know DIY now because that's one of my favorite channels to watch on television. Um, you know, this morning we're talking about the importance of a solid foundation. You know, we live in north central Texas. And if you live in north central Texas long enough, you're going to have foundation problems, aren't you? I'll never forget um, after my wife and I moved into our first house together. I was um, like, what is that noise? All right. Um, And I was um, talking with a buddy of mine at church one day. And, you know, I knew that I had to water my grass to keep it green. But what I did not know is that I had to water my foundation. And so I remember talking with a buddy at church, and, we, and I was just telling him, you know, my doors are beginning to sick at home. And it's getting harder and harder to open and close those. And he goes, have you been watering your foundation? And I said, of course I haven't been watering my foundation. Why do I need to water a bunch of cement? And he began to tell me, because of the shifting sand of the North Texas soil, your home, if you do not properly water it, will begin to break and will begin to crack. And that is exactly what we are looking at this morning when it comes to having a solid foundation. Sometimes we feel like all we need to do as Christians is pray a prayer, walk an aisle, and ask Jesus into our heart. And that's all we need to do. And if we do that thing, we're giving our get out of hell card free and we can go out and we can live our life however we want to live it. Well, folks, that is not the case because scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if you are in Christ, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a new creation. The old has gone. The way you used to live your life is gone. The things you used to do before you became a Christian is no longer to be associated with your life today because if you are in Christ, you're a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, when we became Christ followers, we became a new creation. Our old lives are gone and now as Christ followers, 
believers, our lives are to be different. They are to look different. We are to act different. We are to talk different. Everything about us is to be different. And that is what the Sermon on the Mount is all about. And Jesus makes it clear that if you are going to be his disciple, then your life is to follow the principles that he just taught in the Sermon on the Mount. Notice our first sub-point this morning. A wise builder, they hear the word and they do the word. Again, in verse 24, we read, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. If you and I want to build our lives on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ, then we must take God's word and apply it to our lives on a daily basis. And that is exactly what Jesus has been teaching his disciples throughout the Sermon on the Mount. He has just laid out for them the Christian foundation. Everything that we've looked at from Matthew chapter 5 all the way up to Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 has been all about Jesus Christ laying out the foundation of what a Christian is to look like. He has laid out for them their instruction manual. He has told them that if you want to become my disciple, then you must do what I say. If you do, then you will be like the wise builder. You will be a wise person that takes God's word and applies it to your life on a daily basis. The key difference between these two builders is this. Both hear the word, both hear the instructions that Jesus laid out before them. But one of them will take those words and apply it to their lives and build their life on a solid foundation. The other one will hear the word but will not apply the word. We read in James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, God's word says this, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. You and I need to be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word. And that leads us to our second sub point. A wise builder builds on a solid foundation. A wise builder builds on a solid foundation. We read in verse 25, and the rain fell and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. You know, I'll never forget visiting the ninth ward after Hurricane Katrina struck um, New Orleans. I'll never forget um, driving through that particular community. And I was blown away by the sheer force of the power of water that occurred when those levees broke all across that city. I was amazed that entire communities were literally swept away. There was no remnant of houses that were once hundreds of houses were in a neighborhood, and now no houses were in those neighborhoods. And it just blew me away, the sheer force of the power of that water. But probably what surprised me more than anything was that there were a few houses 
that were left standing. Not many, but there were a few houses in those areas. And you know what was the difference between the house that remained standing and the house that was completely swept away? It was the foundation. When you and I build our spiritual home on the foundation of Jesus Christ, when the rains come and the floods come, then we can be certain that we are going to be able to weather the storm. Notice also wise builders, they're able to weather the storm. As I said earlier, you can be certain that storms will come. Some of those storms are going to produce a few sprinkles in your lives. But others of those storms are going to be like raging floodwaters, raging winds. They will produce hurricane-forced winds. They will produce tornadoes, hell, flooding, levees will break. The dam is going to bust loose, and you're going to have to weather that which is coming your way. Some of you this morning are experiencing that kind of storm in your life. It may be a personal sickness that you are going through. It may be a sickness that a family member is going through. It may be a relationship that you are struggling with, maybe as a parent and kid or kid and parent. Um, There are marital storms that are happening in this room this morning, financial storms. There's job storms. And as I indicated before we um, got started this morning, a dear family in this church lost a loved one um, over the weekend, and they just found out this morning there are storms that are happening in this room this morning. I am not sure what kind of storm you may be in right now or even what kind of storm looms just over the horizon for each of us. But what I do know is that if you and I want to weather life's storms well, then it is imperative that we build our lives on the solid foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we do that, when the storms do come, we will be able to weather those storms. It's not going to be easy. and It's going to be hard. But when we have Jesus We can overcome any of life's storms, right? We can overcome those because we have Jesus. Let's conclude this morning with our third point. Let's look at the foolish builder. In Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 26, we read this. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. What does the foolish builder do? They hear the word, but they do not act on the word. They profess head knowledge in the Lord Jesus Christ, but they do not apply that which they have heard. At Friendship Baptist Church, one of our core values is um, that we that we have built our lives on the foundation of God's word. God's word is our first core value at Friendship Baptist Church. Like the early church, it is my prayer that all of us will have a hunger for God's word a hunger to sit under the teaching of his word and a hunger to read and study his word 
outside of the doors of this church. The reason we began a two-year reading plan in, in March or in February is because it is our prayer as a body of believers that we are going to study God's word and process and hide God's word in our hearts and our heads and, and apply it to our lives. If we're going to be fully devoted followers of Christ, that Christ would have us to become, then we must take God's word. We must study it. We must learn it, we must hide it, and we must apply it every single day of our lives. Someone once said, when we hear the word, it gets into our head. When we discover the word, it gets into our heart. And when we apply the word, what does it do? It gets into our hands. And when the word gets into our hands, it not only changes our lives, but it changes the lives of those that we come in contact with. Acts 2.42 says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's what we want to be about here. We want to be about devoting ourselves to God's word. A foolish builder hears the word but it does not advance any further than their head. It doesn't get into their heart. It doesn't get into their hands. It, it, it goes nowhere. A foolish builder, they build their lives on shifting sand. All of us in this room are familiar with the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Several years ago, the tower underwent a massive $25 million renovation project that took many years to complete and was designed to stabilize the tower that had been sinking ever since it began being built. 110 tons of dirt was removed, and by doing this, they were able to ensure that the tower would not fall anytime soon. What was the problem? What is the problem with the land? Tower of Pisa. Is it um, a problem because there's a bad design? Was it a bad, um, a bad um, architect that designed it? Was it bad workmanship or the marble that they used? Was it an inferior? No. You know what the problem with the Leaning Tower of Pisa is? It's the foundation that it was built upon. The very word Pisa in Greek means marshy land. They built that tower on marshy ground, on an unstable foundation. When your life and my life is built on an unstable foundation, guess what's going to happen? We're going to come crashing down just like the leaning power, tower of Pisa was on its way to do. Notice our final subpoint this morning is this. A foolish builder. They are devastated by life's storms. They are devastated by the storm. Millions of people around this world live a hopeless life during life's storms. They live this way because they have built their lives on a shifting foundation. What we know about the foundation of this world is that it is shifting. It is a broken world that each and every one of us live in. In this earthly kingdom that you and I live in and build our lives on and our homes upon and raise our kids in, it is a broken system. It is a broken world. And if you and I choose to just focus on this earthly kingdom, then one day your life will come tumbling and crashing 
down. This world will one day fade away. But you know what will never fade away? The word of God. The word of God will never fade away. Jesus spoke these words in Matthew chapter 24, verse 35. We read, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Everything within God's word will go with us into eternity. This word, Jesus' words, this spoken word of God that has been given to us for our instruction will never fade away. But what will fade away one day is this earth. This earth is one day going to fade away. This sun that that shines today will one day shine for its very last day. But guess what will never fade away? God's holy word. You know, I can imagine that as Jesus concluded the Sermon on the Mount, he looked out over the audience. He looked at his disciples that were there and the probably hundreds of people that had gathered also to hear him teach and preach this sermon. And I'm sure that that as he brought this sermon to a conclusion, he realized that there were two different groups of people. There was the group that was going to take his word and they were going to build their lives upon it, upon it. They were going to build their lives on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. They were going to take the narrow path of life, which was going to lead to a lot of heartache. Some of them were going to lose their life as a result of standing for Jesus Christ. It was going to be a narrow way, a hard way. But in the end, it was going to lead them to eternal life. And Jesus knew that, that some in that crowd were going to follow him all the way to their death. And when they took their final breath on this side of of eternity, they were going to wake into eternity with him. And there was another group that he saw, and it must have broken his heart when he realized that there were some in that group that were going to build their lives on the shifting sand of this world. And they were going to take the easy way, the wide way. And Jesus said that it was also the foolish way. This morning, as you think about your life, what kind of life have you built your life upon? What kind of foundation have you built your life upon? Is it the solid rock of Jesus Christ that your life is built upon? Or is your life built upon the shifting sands of this world? If your life is built on the shifting sands of this world, I promise you one day this world is going to fall, fade away. One day you're going to close your eyes and you're going to wake up into eternity separated from God in a place called hell. It's a real place. It is a literal place. Okay? It is, it is a, a place that, that, that many more people are going to be in than they're going to be in heaven. Or when you wake into eternity because you built your life on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ and you've repented of your sins and you cried out to Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, when you wake into eternity, you'll wake up in the very presence of Jesus Christ. What kind of foundation is your life built upon? The rock of Jesus or the shifting sand of this world? You know, we sang a song during our welcome this morning called Solid Rock. And the chorus of that song is this. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. There is only one way. 
and that is Jesus' way. Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes into the Father except through me. Jesus is the only way, my friends. Do you know Jesus this morning? If you were to die this morning, do you know where you would spend eternity? Would you wake up into your eternity in the presence of Jesus, or would you wake up into your eternity separated from Jesus in a place called hell? If you don't know the answer to that this morning, then I'm going to be standing here at the front, and I would love to share with you this morning how you can know for certain that if you were to wake up into eternity, when you wake up in eternity, where you're going to go. I'd love to share with you this morning how you can know that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus. You may be here this morning, you've been visiting this church a while, and you feel like the Lord is leading you to be a part of Friendship Baptist Church. We welcome you. We'd love for you to be a part of this faith family. You may need to just, where you're at this morning, you may need to, may to just remain seated and pray. You may need to come to this altar and pray. I don't know what decision you need to make during this time of invitation. But we're, let's stand together, and I'm going to lead us in a closing prayer. And as I lead us in this prayer, at the conclusion of it, I'll be standing here, and I would love for you to come. And and if the Lord's leading you to salvation, you come. If the Lord's leading you to become a member of this church, you come. Let's pray together. Father God, we come before you this morning thanking you for the opportunity just to open up your word, Father, and and to read your words of truth that you taught some 2,000 years ago to your disciples and to this greater crowd. Father, thank you that your word is still just as living today as it was spoken the day that you spoke it. And Father, I pray right now, Lord Jesus, if there is someone here that does not have a relationship with you, I pray that today will be the day that you draw them into salvation. Today will be the day that they make a commitment that they're going to repent of their sins and they're going to cry out to you to be their Lord and their Savior. Father, if there is someone that needs to experience your salvation today, may they do that. Father, there may be some here this morning that you're leading to become a member of this church, Father. And if that is the case, Lord, we pray pray that you you will draw them so that they can become a part of this faith family. Father, whatever decision needs to be made this morning, Father, may you make that abundantly clear to each and every one of us. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen.